Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Vince, just give us a quick example of a game that you had top of mind that the ending wasn't quite as you had hopefully predicted it. We played the Bulls last year and felt like five overtimes, but it might have been three. And being the tender age of 40, might have been 42 at the time, uh, it was a little challenging. And not only was it challenging, we played, you're talking about unexpected. You don't expect to get to overtime, much less two. But we yep. go to three and turnaround time because it was so late the day uh, you know, of a short practice and then kind of getting ready for it. It was just it was unexpected to me as far as my body just <laughs> being able to handle it. I wasn't sure if I was going to be ready for the game. And I, but I did everything I could to, to, to play in the game and uh, the second game. And, and, and I did get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill. And I'm Van Lathan. We're proud to introduce our new podcast, The Wire, Way Down in the Hole. First episode's hitting you on April 15th. Now, every podcast episode will include recaps, signature moments, foreshadowing, key character deep dives, little-known facts, and also awards, such as We Love This Show But, the Stringer Bell Fuckboy Award, my personal favorite, who won the episode, and more. So join us in West Baltimore on April 15th. Winging It Podcast. Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by my co-host, number 15, Mr. Vince Carter. VC in the house. And we are coming to you with a little bit of a different episode today. We have two guys on from two separate recordings. We wanted to make sure to bring you them both as soon as possible. So up first, we have... Atlanta legend, DC Youngfly. He's a comedian, but he does more than just that. So Vince, tell us the best part of recording with DC. We know it was a long time ago, but if you got it on top of mind. Well, if you, if for those who don't know uh, DC Youngfly, how he started, obviously through uh, social media, worked his way up to doing great things. And he's a, a, a local star, which is becoming a, a national star and doing funny things on Wild and Out. And I was really impressed. Obviously, I knew he was going to come in and, and tell some funny jokes and, and have some funny stories, but kind of listening to hearing some of the messages that he had, what he learned and how how focused he is uh, on becoming a global star coming from where he, he come from and, and what he used to do, if you would, to what he's doing now. It was, I was, I was, like highly impressed and, and and intrigued in his story. And just so people know, we recorded this episode a couple of weeks before the NBA season was suspended. Um, it was actually supposed to come out the week that the league was suspended and we decided to hold it for a little bit just while we were all figuring out life. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this great and funny episode with DC Young Fly. And we are joined by the one, the only... DC Young Fly. Ooh, gotta be quiet down here. No. Good. We're off and running. How's it going? Oh, man, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. It's lit. This is real cool, man. It's part of the Vince Carter podcast. It's a blessing. It's an honor. <laughs> the OG right here, what man. Mr. Mr. Rim and Arm in the Rim. You know. That's it. That was one of the most dangerous chances I took ever. And, and because it could have worked one or two two ways, huh. either I pull it off, right, or I don't, and I fall off, right. Because you could have got hung, absolutely. But you being you, knowing you ain't finna get hung, nah, I was and not. when you put your hand in the room, I think everybody tried that, and I know for a fact I done made myself bleed trying to do that <laughs> dunk, knowing damn well I can't do that dunk. I not, I put my wrist in it, but not my whole arm. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, you ain't playing no sports. I know you uh, ain't. <laughs> you can dunk. Oh yeah, I can do a little something. something. Yeah, you said what? Yeah, I can do a little something. That yeah. means if I put my mind to it, yeah, I can do it. But on the uh, average, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah, but on the daily playing ball, nah, no. I ain't doing all that. Okay, so you got to train. No. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. Back I got in the day, did you play ball? Back in the day, I did. I did a little something, something until one coach told me I was sorry, and then no, it's over. Wait, you it. play basketball? Yeah, I played basketball. What point position? Point guard. Okay. But I love to shoot too, so I had a magnificent jump shot. But mm. you know how that is. He told me I couldn't play, so I had to go say a crack. <laughs> he was a scoring guard. 
<laughs> nah, for real. To be honest, I had to go. Uh, uh, I, I was a, I was a point guard, but I used to start every team that I was on until I tried out for my high school basketball team, and that was the first team, first time I never made the team, and it was like how Michael Jordan say he got that. Uh, if he would listen to that one coach by him never be going nowhere, right. and, but he took my joy from it, like the joy of basketball. Like I didn't even care for it no more. And never really tried to play after that. Never really tried to play after that. <laughs> to this day, like I, 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 I don't fault myself for it, but the aggression and the love that I have for it. That's why when I see y'all playing, I'm like, man, that, that's beautiful. It's so let me beautiful. ask you this: If you're asked to play in a, the celebrity game All Star Weekend, yeah, I play. Okay, I'm playing. I'm out there hooping. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little realness every now and then. But then I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get right, away. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let somebody get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But now, nah, I, I, if once I, if if I start playing, I play because I, I got stabbed up. So uh, this hand right here is kind of like refurbished. So I don't really be want to go in the hole like that when folk be out there really trying to play for real. Get that hard foul one time. You did, and I had to talking to, and I had to do this all over again. Right. Nah. Understand. So you know what I'm saying. I'm scared. I, it, it like how somebody probably told their ACL mm-hmm. in the back of their mind. They they fire, but in the back of their mind they like man. I could, if somebody was to just bump me wrong. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. You got to have a real strong and, mind. And it's funny you says that because that's why it takes so long for guys to come back to play. And it's not really that well. It is the injury it takes so long, but it's the mental mm-hmm. that mess with you because it takes so long to get back. Worry about that one person who even run by you wrong. You be like, right. oh no, nah, no. Nah. Right, because you got to understand, if you can be one of those players that go year, 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 year with no injury, you just lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that one false move or one wrong move, boom, all right, now the recuperation time, you like, all right. Then when you get back out there, your aggression is not the same as it was Agreed. before you, you never got hurt. You feel Agreed. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're now out there playing with a... Torn ligament, you know what I'm saying? That and you had to get fixed. Yeah, yeah, you real hesitant. You don't, you at first you a dunk, but now you like I just laid up and go yeah, on by my bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's that word uh, compensating that that's to get you. So you know, like you said, ACL or whatever, you start to compensate, and then that's when another injury happens. Mm-hmm. And that's when you all mess up. So you really just can't think so, about it. Yeah. So just think, if you had uh, an ACL like your left one, you come back, you start playing, but you're not sure. So you start to limp, and you're putting all your pressure on, on your right, your right nine, side. You so don't hurt your right. You're hurting hip, maybe your back. All these mm. things they all tied together. So you take your time and you get right to where your mental's right, and you just right. go and play carefree. So you've been in the game 22 years. 22 of them. 22 things. years. Did you see your side right, coming from where you come? All right, now you, this coming from a basketball player. Eyes from a basketball player. When you was out hooping in the neighborhood or anything, did you ever see, like you knew you were going to be pro, but you knew that that chance that you get that shot. I didn't, I wasn't sure about pro. Like you, you always have people say, that boy going, he gonna right. be a pro for sure. But you know, for me, I was I was a realist, so I was like, all right, I hear y'all, but until I hear, until I see it, dr- drafted by the whoever, Toronto Raptors or the Golden State Warriors number five, right? And I, I shook that man hand. Right. That's when I believed it. Right. That's when I knew it was real. Like I, I, I mean, I had draft workouts, I had opportunity, but it was like, okay, I, I, I need the man to call me, right? Call me on the stage, and then you know, but oh, oh, that was always my dream. That was always my dream. You know, I did all these other things. I was in the band, uh, played you football. You in the band? What you play in the band? I played saxophone, trumpet, Bruh. baritone. I played oh, a couple yeah. Of well, you got soul and you did. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm percussion. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I, already, I knew. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, yes, sir. So I, yeah. So, yeah, I did all of those things. But, like, I, my goal was, like, NBA. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there one day. It's just, you know, just stay hungry. You know, and, and like every everybody who's made it, you know, you stay hungry. And I ain't really want it given to me. Right, because I want I wanted to be here for a long time. So I was I was just gonna say that too, because you know I'm, I I know that the part, but this this is a privilege to even even having these type of conversations. Because coming from where I come from, I ain't never seen myself like man. You know you gonna sit down and have a conversation with Vince Carter? Like no, I ain't shut up. No, I'm not. Like no, I'm not. Like no, you know I'm not. But to have this privilege is like a childhood dream. So so even when you was in the NBA, like when you made it. Like what was what was that 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 motivation to for you to be like I right. because you know some people make it and don't do nothing you know what I'm saying they get comfortable it's, 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 it's a lot of them that get yeah. there right. and you know because the NBA is like okay like you said 
All the hard work is finally paid off. Mm-hmm. All right, now you in the league with a lot of people just like you. Now, this ain't college. Because every level different. Mm-hmm. Y'all play different. It don't mm-hmm. matter what it is. I don't care what it is. I don't see people go from college to dominating college the moment they get in the pros. You like, what happened what to happened? these folks? Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, what did you do to prepare yourself to say, okay, I'm here let me make sure I stay here. Watch this. And let me make sure I, 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 I make my mark. Watch this. I never looked in the rearview mirror. I never looked behind me. Because I know other people want that opportunity. But I was like, I all this is what this is my chance. And I'm trying to stay here. So like they always say, it's 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 tough to get here, but man. it's harder to stay here. I mean, you know, harder to stay in the business. So I just, man, I was thankful. You know, for for the opportunity, and I had some good people, and I always asked questions. Like I was always trying to learn from all right, the OGs. Student. Yeah, student of the game, absolutely. You know, what I mean, well said. So, you know, I, I just I just felt like my opportunity is here now. Take advantage of it, and <laughs> twenty two years later, here we are. Mm-hmm. Before we get more into the Vince Carter story, we right. want to talk about you. Oh, let's do it. So, my bad, my bad. I forgot we're doing a podcast. Sorry, listeners. I'm just I'm humble. It's an honor. <laughs> Your honor. You did. So let's talk about you. You do more than just comedy, which you are doing right now at this moment in time. But you are a internet personality, actor, comedian, host, rapper, all the above. Thank you. What is your thing? If you had to pick one thing, what is it? Um, Man, you know what? I like that question, but I, I have to always give you more because... People nowadays think one thing is the only mm-hmm. thing to go. You, you feel me? It's, it's, I can't help it. I'm not somebody that can only do one thing. Right. I have to do other stuff because God gave me the talent to. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, I would, of course I would do comedy because that's my calling. Right. But I was I would always do music and, you know what I'm saying, speaking to the community. You know what I mean? I always trying to inspire others. So it's like... Real estate, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm into a lot of stuff. So it's like I, it's hard to just say one thing, but it definitely would be coming because that's my call. Yeah, we just had Rotimi on, who I feel like was another person who successfully does more than one thing. Mm-hmm. He's a singer, rapper, and also obviously an actor, mm-hmm. which we're seeing more of these days. Which you're successfully doing. Tell us more about kind of your music and any projects that you have in the work. Well, right now you my my hit single uh. uh 24 hours right now uh, It's out right now On all platforms Make sure y'all go get that It's for mm. the grown folks Well, well done Appreciate it Appreciate it Okay Appreciate it um, My last project Went top 10 on Apple Music um, Called Trap Soul So I've been doing this For a minute I've been dropping music Since 2012 That was my ninth EP So If you just go look up Like live mixtapes And my mixtapes You're gonna see like All the old Mixtapes that I've been dropping since 2012, and then the comedy came in 2013. So, I've been doing music since I was a child. I was in the choir, I was in the band. So, like when he said he was in the band, like you played the saxophone. You know, when you play percussion, you got to sit behind all the instruments. It's crazy because I didn't even know at the time I had to. I was learning everybody part, not knowing that I had to learn everybody part. Plus, keep the beat. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like I knew when the saxophones was coming in. I knew when the trumpets was coming in. I knew when the clarinets had their time. And then it's us and the tubas. We're gonna break it down. But it's like <laughs> at that moment, I didn't know that I was taking on the 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 uh musical instrument of knowledge and, and, and knowing that I had to have all those mm-hmm. and knowing everybody part. So when I came as an older, being in the music, being in uh in the recording studio, those lessons that I learned was coming back to me, like, all right, I can hear the beat breakdown. I can hear every little part if it's a little thing I'm like uh, run that back what what was that right there you feel what I'm saying so my music for ear is is I love it take it away Vince no I'm saying I, I <laughs> because of, because of, because of that I'm the same way so I listen I listen to marching bands right and when I hear bands play and they they come in arenas or whatever and I'm listening to it sometimes I'll be like oh man who played that wrong you feel note? what I'm like, saying you can hear it it's the craziest thing you, you like can you hear it yeah. it's crazy because one thing about being in the band we look for that. Yeah. So if you ever been like in a band jamboree and then you like, okay, this band finna play, let me hear what they talking about. Mm-hmm. From the from the time they you want to hear their response from the from the drum major, all that. You want to mm-hmm. see how precise they is. Mm-hmm. We, we really take that into he, you know, we looking at them. And the moment they play, you like, 
That band was all right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were pretty clean. We got to come mm -hmm. with it. Then when you hear another band, you like, oh, they trumpets is all over the place. Yeah. We finna blow them all out tonight. It's that one dude trying to play louder than everybody you feel else. Oh, like, we about you, to blow him. Oh, I love it. We, we about to blow them all out. We about to blow them yeah. all out all night. So I got a question for you. So when you started, did you have a game plan like, um, I'm going to do the comedy thing, and once I get on, I'm going to do music, or it's like, I'm just going to do my thing and hope for the best or vice versa. Like, how was your game plan getting on? When I, just, I popped off in 2013, 2013 with the comedy, 2012, I dropped my first EP. By 2013, when the comedy picked up, I was on my third EP. I had like a little buzz and a little, uh, you know what I'm saying, flow. But once that kept going and once that kept going, the comedy picked up and then it was like, all right. It was moving so fast, like, and you know, I remember once Steve Harvey said, "Once you find your calling, God is just gonna bless you abundantly," and the comedy just overpowered anything. And you're saying comedy as far as shows? No, it's just, just like so, like by socially. me doing comedy, what by me doing? walking down comedy lane, it just overpowered my music. Where it, I had to do this, I had to do this. These people wanted me to come out. I'm right. coming to. Oh, I gotta do this. It, it was just like. When I have to do music, you feel me? So it's just like comedy just took over literally minutes. It was just fast. So, so I had to really find time to do music. Okay, okay. Basically. So like, so basically, like, so your approach to like on social media, like you were doing like the roasting top five funniest. You know, I, I appreciate it. I, I could recall some of the times we were sitting out there with my, my one of my boys. Um, he he put us on to you. We were sitting outside in in, in the backyard, and, and I appreciate uh, it. And he we were just watching back and forth, back and forth. Is is that when you felt like I'm taking advantage of social media through yeah. roasting? Because I mean, like, yeah, it was. It, you would see you see people roast other people, right? But how you put it together, right, was a little different. Not saying other people didn't do it, right? But it was a little different. It was more so I wanted to show the world. My style of comedy and where I come from and what we call comedy, you you know I come from the hood, so ain't nobody coming outside saying no stand up jokes. Ain't nobody. We ain't even you know what going you on where we from. Yeah. We but what you got on? Yeah. Like boy, you need to go back in the house. You tripping? You feel me? So it's like, but we love you at the same time. You feel me? So it was like I'm introducing the world to another side of comedy. what they yeah. feel like. It's a, it's a bad way. You feel me? Or what they feel like, oh, it's horrible. You shouldn't come over there. I'm just letting y'all know, we we living through it, baby. And we find it mighty hilarious. Which we that's, which was natural and an everyday thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, you ain't never seen nobody catch a roach on Instagram. <laughs> I'm probably the first person that showed you a live roach. Uh, you know, people ain't even show you that they got roaches in their house. For sure. Who? I was recording that. Who else was doing it? You feel me? So it was like, the thing that we were living, it was like, I'm making fun of. The thing that people have anxiety about, have mm -hmm. depression, mm -hmm. I'm making fun of. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, we got to go through it. If we don't change, we either going to live through it or change it. So what we going to do? So it was like, I took a whole another side of what was I coming and just showed the world. Like, man, it's all good. With the comedy, I have a question about Rose. Talk to me. Did you ever have, have you ever had a moment when you or someone else like took it a little bit too far and you were like, oh, snap. Um, but see, one thing with roasting, man, you always got to know it can always get personal. If you keep that in the back of your mind, it can always get personal. So you got to have something in the back of your mind just in case somebody <laughs> want to get just personal. Case. Just in case so they can know how personal you can get too. You see what I'm saying? Right. But it's the respect that you and the other person have to have for each other. For you know, like what's funny and what's like I know. But what's what if funny. you roasting somebody that you don't know like that? Like if you just get caught in the moment, you start now. Now, how do you decipher that same statement? I t I try to steer. Just feel like the okay the, the roast okay. So if somebody want to take it here, I say say I say something else about them. Like ah, bring it back over here. You know how you will talk about somebody, somebody who really not really good of a roaster, they go straight to money. But you ain't got no money, though. I'm on money. See, you trying to go over here. Bring it back on over here, big dog. Why you? Of course you got more money. We ain't talking about that. Since you got all that money, why you about them ugly ass shoes? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we talk about. Right, right, you, right, right. you see how somebody right. who's you feel is on another level mm -hmm. can bring you all the way mm -hmm. down here. Mm -hmm. You feel me? That's basically what I was trying to say. It doesn't really matter. We all equal. 
You feel me? It just I'm letting people know, hey man, we just having fun, man. See, even when you feel like I'm here, I'm still that same guy from showing you the roaches. It doesn't matter. It just I'm letting you know what my type of coming. So I never uh, tend to offend nobody and want people to, you know what I'm saying, get mad. So it's it's always love. At the end of the day, we we gonna talk, we gonna talk our talk. But at the end of the day, love. That's a lot when I roast a LeBron. Everybody swore up and down. Uh, but I fuck with LeBron. I mess with LeBron. But I'm going to tell LeBron by his headline every time. I'm going <laughs> to tell it to him. He came out here to play. I end up getting into the locker room. I got into the locker room. I never forget. I walked into the locker room. I, that, shit, that shit felt so good. It felt like I was getting close, like the Michael Jackson. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was like, because when we got into it, I was like, it was really one of my little buddies. He took a chance. He worked there. He got fired, too. He took a chance. Stop. Bro, he got fired. For letting you into the locker room? Media. He was part of the media. I got into because I was down there like I was interviewing. You're really not supposed to do This is at a Hawks game? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? What you supposed to say? No, I'm saying they weren't even supposed to do that. Listen, no, you, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was fire, bro. It was, it was, it was like, it was just meant to be. I, uh, I got in because I really put it in the press because I want to ask him a question. <laughs> Let me give you the whole breakdown. First of all, I was messing with him doing warm up. So I'm messing with him doing. I think I remember you remember that? that? Yeah, he yeah, he talking hard on me too. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, you know how LeBron he ain't gonna that. say yeah, that, yeah. but he gonna. He gonna yeah, show he took it hard on. I'm like, bro, why you doing all that on low me, bro? So I watched the game. I had a good time too. He finally we go down to the locker room. I said, bro, you think we get in? He said, bro, trust me. I got I already got all the passes. I said, bet, I'm gonna keep it smooth. We got through. I'm in the locker room. I really shit like it just like I opened the door. Boom. As soon as I walk in, LeBron to the left. <laughs> we lock eyes. He was hiding. <laughs> he put a towel over his head, put his head down. I was like, okay, I'm going to make my way around the room. But nigga, I'm coming over there to come fuck with you. You got me fucked up. Nigga, I see Irvin. So I'm hollering at Irvin. What was up, Irvin? Oh, uh, it was somebody came in. He would come from the shower. And I was like, what the hell you take a shower for? You ain't play. The fuck you mean? <laughs> the whole locker room rolling. I'm like, nigga, still smell like cologne. I said, that nigga smell good. And it ain't great. So look, right, the whole locker room rolling, right? So the press is over there with LeBron. I'm sitting there kicking it with Irvin, uh, Kyrie now, so I'm just, I'm just chopping it up. Then here come all the representative. So uh, how did you get back here? Who you? Oh, I'm like, I showed him my pass. I'm with press. You kidding? I'm like, press, fuck, nigga. I'm finna come over there and ask my boy LeBron some questions. But I'm just hollering at my people. As you can see, I'm, we chilling. He like, oh, okay. He went to go whisper somebody. He was like, Walked over there to the group that was over there, LeBron. It was like, nah, you you got to go. I was like, I right, ain't tripping, ain't tripping. And then I walked into the little big room where y'all come sit on like the little stand with the tables and okay, shit. Okay. So you know, I ain't seen, I ain't never been back here. I'm like, this shit real, bro. You feel me? I'm like, bet. I'm sitting in the middle. I'm waiting for his ass. I got a hairline joke. Uh, and what, and I, I said, this shit finna go on world news. I like, listen. He sent them folk to come get me. The moment they came and got me, told me I had to leave, that's when he walked out. I said, well, you smart. But I fought with you. You smart. Yeah, boy. He knew what the Yeah, he was. knew, man. I, man, let me tell you something. Bro, I'm a big LeBron fan, bro. Big LeBron fan. That's so crazy. that's why I do what I do, bro, because it's all love. But it, And that's why I always want people to know, man, at the end of the day, it's all love. It's never nothing to... I know where to take it. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I know where not to take it. But, right. you know, in this journey, man, it, like I say, it helped me brush shoulders with a lot of people that I never, hey, look at you. I'm talking to you. You feel me? <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to continue doing this forever. Have you talked to LeBron or had any interaction with him I since then? I ain't never talked to, never, never, ever, ever, ever talked to LeBron. But LeBron know, LeBron know he, he, he my boy. He, he, know, he know the reason why the world called him LeBron Braun. I gave him that nickname. All right. We'll let you have that. Have you? I'm sure the answer is no. Have you ever got your feelings hurt during something like that? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's why. That's how I came a beast. Why you think you? You think you just gonna grow up to be? Well, I mean, uh, I uh, guess you don't grow up to be a monster. Something got to happen to you. You don't be a. You don't be born a monster. I don't think nobody be born a monster. Something has to happen to you in order for you to turn into a monster. Listen, in your professional in your professional career, yes, is what I'm asking. No, no, no. because I got hurt 
before prior to. Okay, that's what I was asking. So I had to practice growing up before. I didn't know that what I was doing in life was going to be, had to a craft in it. You know what I'm saying? Real professionalism. So it was like doing a roasting growing up. You got kids, 10, 15 kids roasting at one time. You got to shit everybody up. Like, yeah, come to my school. Let me show you how it go. Early in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Ain't no what's up. How you doing? Boy, they looking at you, they looking at your whole outfit. And you know that look when they <laughs> You know that look. They like, man, what? What? Boy. 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 It's come on. It's eight o'clock in the morning. What do y'all want? That's what I had to deal with. So I won't fake shoes. People will tell you, I won't fake clothes until I got my mind right. You feel me? But I, it was just how I grew up. I didn't care what other people said about me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to stand up. I used to be the only person that could wear fake clothes. You ain't going to say nothing about me. You already know what come with this. Don't even see it. But it got to the point where I had to go through that every day. I was like, maybe I need to wear some real clothes. Cause I ain't finna keep taking up. I can't keep talking back to these folks every day. I got to roast y'all every day. And win every, every day. day. <laughs> this is the only way I can wear my clothes. So what about those days when you lost? It really wasn't a... a, a I, it's I like they didn't, they didn't stop. I wasn't going home without a... Without a win. Without a... Without, uh-uh. yeah. It's oh, all yeah. day with me. It's yeah. all day. But I remember one time I lost real bad. My little buddy took me out in front of my neighborhood. And it was like all night. It was just like nonstop laughter. Every time I said something, they didn't even care. They were just like... Say something else, bro. And every time he says, ah, ah, and I'm just sitting outside, can't even swallow. You know, when you can't swallow, it hurt. And they just talking, they just laughing. It just felt like slow motion. Every, every time I look, somebody was just laughing, pointing at me. Just. And it's three you, o'clock in the morning. And you talking, nobody, nobody, Ain't nobody even studying me. I'm saying the best that I can think of. They, I'm not even, from that you. moment, I knew I couldn't let that happen. Because what if that would happen in the daytime? It's happening at night. He got default rolling at night. What if it was in the daytime when they actually can see what he talking about? You see what I'm saying? They just laugh. They don't even care what he said. They just, ah! Man, probably one of the worst nights ever. Never again. That was, that's, when I turned, that's when I turned into a monster. That's when that the monster... That was the night. That was when the monster was created. I don't care when I was up. Listen, you said something about me. I made sure I got dirt on you. How old were you I was then? 15. Late night, 3 o'clock in the morning. And Couldn't a, swallow. And a monster was created. And a monster was created. It ain't happened ever again. So in your professional career now, you you guys, like, it doesn't go as deep like that anymore. Nah, it's fun, man. We grown, too. You know, I'm 27. Ain't nobody got time to be roasting another grown man outside. But we got children. You don't go home to your child. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, no, nah, it's more so of a, 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 a professional thing with me. Now it's, people know what's going on. It's, but I can only imagine long. for you, though, walking around now, there's always that person when you're going somewhere and they see you, they feel like, bro, I'm funny too now. Bro, it's everywhere I'm I go. Get, I know. Everywhere, bro, I'm, about, bro, I'm about to gross your ass. I'm like, bro, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. We're in the airport. Take the picture. I give you a hug and let go on about our business. <laughs> I know it. I know you don't want a hug. Go on about the business. It's four o'clock in the morning, man. You got it. You, I'm funny to you, but I bet you will. I, I, I agree with them, Vin. Every time they say something, but I'm funny to you, but I bet you will. <laughs> call Nick Cannon. I'm going to call. <laughs> Hold on. Let me. My phone dead. Right my phone now. dead. I, I, I promise you, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him about you. I swear, because you hilarious. <laughs> no, nah, but it just, I embrace it, though. It be love, man. It come with the game. You know, so it, I, I do roast a couple people back because, boy, that's how you got to. You yeah. got to. I told it one child. It was a child. It was a child. That's why how, I tell people, get your When you children. say child. Listen, this child was grown. Just in a little person body. Okay. This was a child. He came up to me. He said, he said something about my DC. It was very out of the ordinary for what a child supposed to say. So when he said it, I realized the little boy was snagging too. <laughs> you feel what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And I had a snicker ice cream bar, and I told him, I said, I bet you won't bite this. <laughs> I want you to bite it front with two. Don't bite it on the side. Don't, uh, don't bite it on the side. Don't you bite, bite it on the side. On here. Ha! Come on. See if you still gonna have that other one right there, you little bastard. <laughs> on play. And that was it. And that was it. See, let me tell you something. These children are driving you crazy, man. They 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 think it's time to roast at all time. Especially my little nephew. That's all he do. 
Let Rose, let Rose, I can put it on my Instagram. I'm like, this album hurt your feelings. You know you beat it to be in that week. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it. And I know. <laughs> you stuck up my bed. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you get off. Nah, uh, man, but he love man. That's why I love doing it, man. K brought so much joy to everybody that's around me. For sure. You feel me? So that's why I just embrace it and knowing that this is my calling. You feel me? So cause the moment I started, it changed my life around. You know. I remember how I, I was uh maybe as opposed to somewhere you were talking you were talking about how you couldn't believe this has turned into where you are now. Right. And what you've been able to do for your moms. Right. You feel I, I saw that and I was like, that was you know, just, we go wrong for you buy your mama a house. That's what I'm saying. I, I remember on, seeing man. that. It's 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 like, all right, God, I heard you. I'm gonna do it forever. I got you. I gotta touch the people. I know what you want me down here for. I got you. You feel me? So it's like to see them days to make your mama proud, man, and versus making them mad. You know what I'm saying? Being the troubles. It's like I is is these are the times that we do it for. This is what we work hard for to see yeah, people that's around you smile. You know what I'm saying? Especially the queen. You know what I mean? She can't stop smiling. She like I'm a newborn baby. Every time she says, hey, baby, I'm like, Bubba, I'm a grown man. <laughs> But nah, I love that way I continue to do it, man. I that means you're proud, bro. Yes, sir. Where do you think if you hadn't found this comedy gift or if you didn't use it properly in music and stuff, right. where do you think you would have ended up today if you hadn't gotten famous like this? Couldn't even tell you. I just how deep I was in it. Like too many years of me trying to figure it out. Was it easy to walk away? Because of the success you're starting to like say. Tell me like four of the streets? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because around 2013, I was That's going. what I said, 12, 13. Yeah, about, about two, let's about, say 2012. When 20, you started, like you say, when you started scratching the surface. Say for 2012, I, I, I was still in the street. I didn't even know nothing about none of it until 2013 okay, okay. towards the end in like November. My first time ever doing a video was for my friend in June. But I, I was in a video just for him, still not really knowing what was going on. You feel me? So I was like, you like, hey man, shoot that video for me. Oh, it's a thing called Vine, man. You know what I mean? You know, I, mean, I be getting all the girls on. I'm like, all right, come on, man. Cause I, you know what I'm trying to go do. So I didn't even really care about it. I'm like, all right, boom. And before you know it, my, my other partner came back and it resurfaced. He was like, bro, you need to try this. Do you remember your first one? First one was... I just recorded myself. I remember like it was yesterday. I recorded on my partner phone. I said, I used to be in class like, teacher, I want a pencil. <laughs> and everybody thought that shit was <laughs> If that's all they want to see, I'm about to go do numbers. I don't even know what this is. And then once I started, it just kept going. It just kept going. It just kept going. And then it was just like, I had to lead it. And it wasn't really hard for me to not lead the streets. It was just like, that's all I knew for is how how I could get some money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't really had no job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was like, how can I go out here and, and get some bread without selling dope? Damn. Well, it's hard. It ain't that hard. You got to put your mind to it. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, let me figure out what this is. This is going so good. What is it? And before you know it, I start getting like little promo video. They, they'll pay me like $300. I'm like, I just got paid legal money. Well, you know, that first, little, that first little bit of legal money feel good. <laughs> now nah, you like this now. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I got $300, man. You got to pay back. I'm going to get you a pay back. You feel what I'm saying? And then before you know it, it was just like, do what I need to be doing. You feel me? So my street life only just, it, 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 it gave me a structure. You feel me? It ain't something I just like, man, I wish I'd jump back. Hell no, I don't want to go back. But I, thank you. I needed somewhere for me to escape. Thank comedy. Thank God. Thank Shoot, you. But fine. Comedy, thank you for being around. Appreciate you, man. Because I needed an escape goat. Because if not, I know that's where I'd be. Like right now, you feel me? So this my escape goat. So why would I go back if I know for a fact ain't nothing going on over there? Ain't nothing going on. You feel me? So that's why it's, it's really not that hard. But that keep me humble. Like, bro, I came out of nothing. You feel me? You can't. I didn't. I tried everything. And one th when I tried this, it was just popping. You feel me? So it's like, why would you ignore something that pop? Who is who would be the fool? You. Only I would be the fool. You feel me? So it's like I paid attention and understood and just kept on going. Just like that, OG. Feel what I'm saying? Hey, cause I always had that drive 
that I did playing basketball. Like, I wouldn't go in the house until I made 10 free throws or 15 free throws. You feel me? Get down to the 15 one and miss it. You know how I'm mad? You telling me I got to make 15 more free throws? You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, and then it's like, if I don't tell myself to stay out here for them 15 free throws because I ain't got nobody else to tell me, how I'm going to be great. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more so you, you got to have that aggression because when you growing up, in order for you, because even when you playing basketball, the person who gets the most aggression, you're gonna be, you're gonna be outstanding. If you scared to go to the hole, bro, you ain't gonna be able to make it. Right. And that's one thing I didn't realize when I was playing. I was playing, but I would eh, go to the hole. Come on, man. Oh, but you wanna look pretty? Shake nigga. Shake nigga. No little pain. Ooh, man, that ain't that ain't that that ain't that ain't it. You feel? I'm trying to look good. Right, and one, right. ooh, got me a little jumper, bro. What you practice hard for? You tell me you went and you did. You stood outside for 15 free throw to go out here. A no little pad. Right, right. You ain't practicing no no little pad. Right. You was outside by yourself. Can't practice that. <laughs> you you no little pad. You gotta go get it. You gotta go get it and then catch it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. <laughs> That's a good one to end on. You got that right. You got any more questions for me? Nah, man. I appreciate you, man. Come on, man. I appreciate you, OG, for having me, man. I'm at the crib with VidCon. And I'm proud to say our TV is the same size. Yes! It's the same size. Hey, go ahead and uh, promote that one more time for me. One more time. 24 hours on all platforms. Please go get that right now, man. It's your boy DC Offline. And if you haven't done it, go check him out on Wildin' Out too, man. Man, I appreciate it, OG. Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. You know what? I'm going to switch it up on you. You are potentially moving towards your retirement goals, which is to be on camera, to be a broadcaster, which you've had some practice doing. So can you tell us what's one time you were on camera live that you maybe had an unexpected moment? Well, I was doing some rounds um, and I was just doing quick hits for six or seven different broadcasts around the, the world and I got to one of the countries and, and I want to say China I knew a couple uh, some Mandarin or thought I did so I they were talking in Mandarin first and then obviously they translate to English and as they were talking and I'm trying to I'm in my mind like okay no I don't know that one but I'm looking at the camera but I'm kind of like okay no I don't know that one yeah I don't know that one so I didn't know he asked me a question and I think I heard him but I was still sitting there like you know, he said, Fitzgerald, I was like, yeah. Oh, oh so yeah. So uh, it was talking about, and it was talk, I was talking about doing the finals. So everybody's watching. And you talk about unexpected. Like I was out of sorts. So, and, and I'll never forget that. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Up next is Atlanta legend, also Big Tigger. He is known well to everyone here as well as around the world, of course, because he this man is a star. Top of mind, best thing you learned from Big Tigger? I mean, just uh, I was like it was, it, interested to hear some of his stories because, you know, for those who grew up on, on Tigger and on Rap City, the basement, and, and you were a fan of BET, you grew up with Tigger and you grew up with some of the stars of stars and you knew he rubbed elbows with all of these great stars and legends. And it's just kind of great to hear his story about his rap career because I've always been curious to know did he consider a, a rap career and if he did what did he do with it does he still have his stash and holding it for a rainy day or something so you got to listen to it to see what he says about that because it's it's pretty interesting and he told a great story uh, about uh, two of his songs that he, he actually considered so got to listen up alright well that is all from us we hope you guys enjoy this is Big Ticker So glad we were able to make this work now that we have zoom it's a little bit easier to schedule things but i know i've been busy so what have you been up to since uh, march 11th when we did this self-quarantine 
Uh, I was for a couple of weeks still doing my radio show live from the actual radio station. And then uh, as things started to t- uh, get a little bit more strict and ratcheted down, so to speak, I've been doing my radio show live from the crib, which is kind of fun. So I have this wonderful ambiance going on here. This ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing my radio show live Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 p.m. on V103 here. Um, I also started doing a live mix on Wednesdays uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern called Quarantine Bay. It's all grown and sexy R&B. And, and if you don't have a Quarantine Bay, we just encourage you to get a, an adult beverage and enjoy yourself. <laughs> it's like the old quiet storm, boy. You just, you know. Yeah, a little. So yeah, I mean, you would enjoy it, man. So I'm just saying, it's it's kind of a vibe. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, people. Are, it's been talked about. Believe me, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> amen. <laughs> well, we'll have to tune in. I need to check that out. How's it been going from doing it in the studio to doing it at home? Uh, I actually miss being able. You know, even at that time, stuff was starting to shut down in Atlanta. But at least I got to drive to her <laughs> and drive back home. Um, so I miss the being outside in that regard. Luckily, I, you know, I'm still can go outside and do stuff around my house. Uh, it's been kind of productive, semi-productive. I've started to unpack my house. Like I've been here almost a year and I haven't finished unpacking. So I, this room I did first cause I knew I was going to have to do stuff. Um, so I mean, it's, it's been productive, but I mean, it's, it's different. You don't feel you don't get to see your coworkers. You don't get to see your producer. You don't get to see regular people. Um, so that part is a little weird, but, uh, other than that, it's been pretty cool. What about like, you know, you remember, you know, when I see you game days all the time and you know, he's like, okay, I got, I just came from here. got to go hit there. So you're like hectic, hectic. And now all of a sudden it's like a 360 turn for you. Like you're busy. Obviously you're working, like you said, on B103, but at the same time, how are you still filling up your day from the old schedule you had? Uh, there's not even a comparison of trying to fill up my day. Um, but at the same time, like I wake up, uh, I have this new puppy. So my, my puppy gets me up earlier than I would like to get up. And then, uh, you know, from there, it's kind of eat breakfast, think about working out. Am I going to work out? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Then I prep for my show. By the time I get off my show, I'm like, hmm, what am I do for the rest of the night? So there's been some Madden, 20 marathons. There've been some, <laughs> some unpacking. There's been some uh, working on some, you know, just this It's actually been productive in a way that a lot of times you didn't have time to do stuff that I've, I've kind of like said, I, I can't waste this time. Like I need to do something, some of these things that I wouldn't normally have time to do. So, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not going from the radio station to the Hawks game to the club. It's not a Friday night, but it's, you know, it's different. It's still different ways to fill up your day. I've had the uh, privilege of being on a couple, you know, lives. I do. I I was with Neo when Neo did his versus battle versus Jante Austin. So I mean, it's it, it's still been productive. It's still been you know ways to elevate either personally or or professionally. Um, well, Tigger, let's dig into stuff about you. Obviously, for myself and people of Atlanta, we know you from your show, Big Tigger Show, and then also your involvement with the Atlanta Hawks as a DJ, MC, host, everything. But just tell us more about you and kind of where you started, where it all began for you. Uh, I was a small little child. No, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm from the Bronx, New York. Uh, went to high school. I went to University of Maryland. I'm a Turk from the OACC. 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 I've been DJing since I was 15. I started DJing, picked up records, and started DJing at 15. I did everything. You know, being from the Bronx, New York, you kind of. I played sports, but then it was inevitable. You were going to do something hip hop or something music growing up when I grew up. So I kind of DJed. I was the beatbox. I was, you know, out there dancing. I was doing whatever it was. Uh, and I kind of stuck with DJ when I went to school in Maryland. Um, I was a track athlete and uh, uh, I, I tore my hamstring at the end of my freshman year. And I had all this extra free time. Uh, while I was rehabbing. So I was like, let me go get an internship at this radio station. Maybe I could get back in DJing. Maybe, you know, da 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 um, So I went there and I was in the uh, research department first and they sent me to the studio. They were like, yeah, I need you to go to the studio and get such and such from LBD. So I walked in, he said, hold on a second. He did a break and I was like, 
people get paid to do this? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you can make 50,000, you can make 5 million, it depends. I was like, oh, no, 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 you about to teach me this. This is being taught. <laughs> so I literally switched out of the internship, which I was taking for University of Maryland, into being his producer. Like, he just kind of really wrapped his arms around me. You know, I was this young hip-hop kid from New York, and he kind of teached me the ropes. I became his producer slash intern. I remember a couple of years later, I was doing that, and somebody left and offered me my first show uh, in 1994 in Baltimore, which was 30 minutes north from D.C. I was still at school, but I started doing that, and then I was then I got off in overnights, and it's been a rolling ball uh, ever since then. I just every time people told me no, I was like, okay, <laughs> keep telling me no, okay. Uh, and I just came back. I would go back, reapply myself, come stronger, and, and, and keep uh, keep knocking on doors and kicking them down. So that's kind of how I got started, you know, DJing at 15. And then in college, I was an intern. And we know what else happened after that. I mean, then then I just literally, the only thing that I've ever said I was going to do professionally is I told my friends after I got in radio, I'm going to host Rap City. <laughs> and they were like, oh, get out of here. And I, I literally, I... I was down there every day, like, don't y'all need me? Don't you need me? Don't you want me? Don't you need me? Like, I was down there all the time. The first thing they let me do was something called um, Hip Hop News. It was one day a week. It was 30 seconds, like, to the, to a minute. But I was like, I'm on national television. You can't tell me nothing. So I was excited about it. And then, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Claire was a host. Big Les was a host. Joe moved to New York. Big Les moved to L.A. BET was in D.C. at the time. They needed a third host locally. And then since I was already kind of affiliated, they were like, and that's, and then from there, we, you know, we went from that to the basement. And the basement is the first real gig that you got, right? Well, it was me, Joe and Les were all three hosting at one time. And then was Rap City, the basement, which was just me, which then, you know, it all changed a little bit. Now, can I ask you something about that? I've always been curious. Is it something that they created or was it kind of, you created it and they took it and helped it grow or how did that kind of evolve into like, that was must see TV uh, yeah. at the time. So, you know, so Stephen Hill and Craig Henry came up with the first original concept and it was like, yo, we got this idea where it really got grounded and took places. I literally grew up in my friend Clement's basement and it looked just like that basement wood paneling, we had flies and posters everywhere, there was records everywhere. So I think the the fact that I literally grew up that way and the, the authenticity of my relationship with being in the basement and that's where the music and DJing, that's where I learned, you know, how to DJ. Uh, you know, and we we just kind of it, it just kept growing and the momentum growing and we added elements, took away elements. And then, yes, the booth was in the bathroom. It was in the bathroom. like all of that was real. Uh, so they kind of had the concept and then together as a group, we grew the concept and, and made it what it was. And I have another question to ask, and I'm sure you've answered this many a times and it's kind of a two-parter, but with that popularity of the, the, the basement and everybody having to watch it and, it, you know, you throw your bars out there, setting these guys up. Did you ever like, where did that come from your ability to rap? And you know, I know you heard it millions of times. How come you didn't do an album? <laughs> You know, because I mean, people really like you. I know you heard it all the time. Like people want to know, like you had the ability, and you were really like some of your your stuff was kind of better than some of the artists who were down there sometimes. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Names don't matter. It just uh, is what I'm saying. It's like, and it, it seems so natural. So I was curious, like, did you ever consider it? Did you do an album, or it was kind of like, hey, I can do it. It's fun, but I'm gonna let these guys do it. Okay, couple things. So I started DJing at 15. I was actually in a hip hop group at like 16, 17. We actually signed a deal. We actually had a record deal. We had a record deal, but the, the record deal, the, the company was shady. They was trying to take advantage of us. My parents wasn't having it. So we got out of the record deal. So I saw it never came out. So I had literally been emceeing like rhyming from like 15, 16 as well. So it's something that I had within me was as part of my repertoire, if you will. Uh, by the time the show came around, like even before when I started doing my radio show in D.C. at night, one of the first big moments that ever happened on my show was Red and Meth, when How High first came out, I got the song early. 
And I called somebody at Def Jam, like, yo, Kevin Lyles, I have this song early. Can I play it? And he was like, no, don't play it. Don't play it yet. I'll tell you when you play it. Turns out my competition got it the next night and played it. And I heard about it. So I called Kev like, yo, you told me not to play it. Then they play it. Kevin put Redman and Method Man and himself on a plane. They flew from New York to D.C. The next day, we world premiered it on WPGC 95.5. And then me, Redman, and Method Man with DJ Folk Regulator CeeLo had a 20-minute freestyle session on the radio. It was amazing. I have it on cassette somewhere. <laughs> it's on cassette. So that's kind of where the bet, like, that was the first time people was like, okay, you really, okay. Right, right. Then with the show, it was just fun for me to be able to go in there with all these people I grew up idolizing or, and some, you know, some people like, it was just fun for me. There, there might've been a time or two I might've had an agenda uh, when other people were in the booth and you probably have seen some of those episodes. I have. And then when it came down to making an album, I just didn't get the right kind of conversations at the time that I was serious about. I just, I remember I took a couple of meetings and then I didn't get the right answers. And then me and R Kelly's song came out and then we were okay. you like, like, and then I had some more meetings and I already had rap city. I still had a radio show and I think I was writing for a magazine at the same time. And I was like, if I put all this money down, I got guaranteed money right now. Like, I got this money, I got this money, I got this one. Like, for me to set, I got to shut some of this down for me to be able to go do this album properly. Like, the money, the, the monetary part had to work out, and I wasn't getting the right answers. Um, so it never materialized. I was lucky enough to do that song. I did a, uh, something I was really proud of on Busta Rhymes' album, Back on My BS. It's, I literally came up with this concept, and, and me and Busta co-wrote it. I'm interviewing him rhyming and he's answering me rhyming. And then we shot a video for it. If you go to YouTube, it's called, uh, if you don't know, now, you know, Boston rhymes, big ticker is, uh, but it was, um, you, you have to watch it. And I was just proud because I came up with the idea. I like wrote most, I wrote like where the questions were. He wrote the answers. I wrote, the, you know, and it, it was really kind of dope. So I, I, I'm proud of how it worked out. Never got to drop an album. It's never too late. That's all I'm saying. Me and Dave Van had a conversation of it. Dave. We'll see what happens. <laughs> You're just like such a legend. I'll admit my own kind of ignorance. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, and I was born in the 90s. So I'm well, <laughs> but, you know, you first I found out who you were when I came to Atlanta and I learned more and more. You know, I learned about you through the Hawks and then I learned more and more about you every time, you know, I look at your Instagram or I was doing research and I'm like, he's a rapper. He's doing like, he's with R. Kelly. What? This is crazy. But <laughs> the picture that really blew me away was the one of you with Beyonce and obviously the rest of Destiny's Child. Okay. So that was like 94, 95, I believe. That was taken in Walt Disney World. They used to have this thing called Vibe Live. It was a concert put on by Vibe Magazine and it was at Downtown Disney. And this is like the very first time I really met Destiny's Child. So we was there and I was like, I was like, you know, they had things and I was like, oh, they're cute. Let me take this picture. You know, <laughs> let me take this. I, you know, I didn't even know. No one knew at that point they were going to be who they were going to be. But then as we kind of, you know, clearly they blew up a lot bigger than I did. But as they grew, my career grew and I was around along the whole time. Like, for example, I've been around since Beyonce has been a, a professional artist. So when I see her, she's like, hey, Tig, you know, like, it's like, hey, you know, you go back. It's like, hey, Tig, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that part is kind of cool that I kind of grew up in a, in, a, in a really dope era of music professionally and personally. Uh, and I have relationships with a lot of artists throughout that time because as they grew, I grew. Uh, like Ludacris was one of those people, one of my best friends. Uh, you know, when we see like we was there together, we came up, we was winning, I was winning. And you had to come back to the show, and whether it was Rap City or 106 in Park or, you know, I got a chance to watch the whole career evolve as my career evolved. So all of that, like, yeah, but that that I always make fun every time I see I see Kelly and I see uh, La, uh, Latoya. Uh, I see I see them more often. So I always be like, look at this picture. And they be like, oh, my God, don't show that picture anymore. <laughs> Speaking of those years, actually, 
my dad took me to a Christina Aguilera concert. I was probably like six, so maybe like 97, 98. So Destiny's Child opened for Christina Aguilera, but like we were like, who's Destiny's Child? You know, like uh, people knew who they were, but they were opening for her. And I think actually Kelly like rolled her ankle during it and she performed wow. from a, sitting down in like a fold up chair for the rest of their little wow. feet. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happened a lot. Probably every major artist has done it. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and there, there were like, I mean, I, I remember there were stories of different artists opening for other artists and depending on who the major artist was, there were rules. You couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, couldn't do that. And that's, you know, to watch people, I remember hearing stories about people who opened just for big names and was like, nah, you can't do this, you can't do that. That's just not how it go. Um, and that was just kind of, uh, I don't want to call it hazing, but it was kind of part of the maturation process. You had to get your weight up in order to do certain things. Yeah. Um, but you so had I mean, to earn the respect and, and, you know, put your work in before you become what you want to become. And, and, you know, I think it's a little different nowadays. Well, I mean, you still have to put that work in if you're on a tour when it's like, yeah, because they're still like, depending on who's headlining and how they feel about it, <laughs> you still might not be able to do certain things on stage and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's. It, it, it was a lot. I, I got a lot of chances to do, like, I hosted the Cash Money Rough Rider Tour. I hosted the Jingle Baller Jam Tour, which was uh, Ja Rule and Cash Money. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I had some really great time. I've hosted some really epic, like, tours. Like, I was in every city. And then I, I've, I've done shows for my radio stations and seen different things and learned different things. And I mean, from Spring Bling to... I've, I've done a lot of different on stage and being so you learn a lot of things along the way just about how the business works so I was always happy to have a well-rounded you know education as far as that was concerned a few more questions about your career and then we'll talk more about hoops and Vince and all that but um who is for you is like the biggest artist or the most exciting artist that you've ever worked with so the two biggest artists I've narrowly missed twice I narrowly missed Prince twice like he walked that way and I <laughs> And Michael Jackson was at the BET Boys and I was like, Mike, and then they grabbed him. And I was like, so those are the two biggest ones I'm really sad that I never got to work with. Biggie was one I got a chance to interview and hang out with. Yeah, that that is a tough one. I I have to say Janet. Janet, like, you know, I'm just happy Janet knows who I am. (laughs) Just like, hi, Tim. I'm like, hey, Janet. Like, (laughs) You yes, know, so, like, <laughs> so once a true story, we had this promotion where Janet was doing a tour. She had a tour stop in Hawaii and we had this giveaway to go to Hawaii. And I don't know, somehow I, I had to go to Hawaii to, I think I was supposed to go, but I don't know if it was BT or my radio station, but I was in Hawaii and Janet was performing. And literally in the middle of the show, because I'm like in the first row, Janet looks down and waves at me and I'm like, ah, Janet at me. And then I'm like, you see me on the, it was a DVD that came out of the performance. I had on a Raiders jersey. And like, you see me in the crowd, like, what's Tigger doing there? Why is he in Hawaii? Like, so it was kind of, and then like all these years later, like she came back around not too long ago. We was talking about you in Hawaii. And I was like, stop. <laughs> you lie. You lie. What's <laughs> that, That's all right, yeah. So you still get kind of like excited, even though you guys are friends now, but you still, it's still, you know, kind of feels good that she knows you and that you guys are friends to this day. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the icons of music, uh, there are, you know, several that, you know, make people go, wait, oh, wait, you know, you know, when you talk about Jay and Beyonce being able to, you know, know that I'm, we're known, like we, we cool. Like they know we, like I'm trustworthy. I could be around and stuff like that. <laughs> You know, the Diddy's of the world, the JD's of the world. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the Janet's, um, Chris Brown's. Uh, when you start talking about the, the heavyweight, so to speak, just to know that, you know, we've all come along this long time and along this timeline and grown together. And technically, as a media person, uh, a radio personality, I probably should be some places. But, you know, it was kind of like, I think the basement and my longevity gave me like a lot of passes, so to speak, to be places. So I'm thankful for those passes and being able to, you know, Diddy's had some amazing 
happenstances at his house, either at New Year's Eve or a different time in Miami. And I've been invited and I'm like, yes, I'm coming. Like, it's always just good to feel appreciated and respected. Well, Annie, you know, I, being that you don't know about the basement like that and around, wasn't around that time, but if you, if you go back and you look at some of those videos, you know, one of the things that was cool, cool for us as fans to watch is that every artist, like, you didn't make it unless you had an appearance in the basement. Like, it was like that. So it was just, it was cool to watch, you know? So, I mean, I'm talking about the, the biggest artists, you know, from Wayne to, you know, when Cash Money was in there, even Birdman, you know, all of that stuff. And, and just to right. see it, like, and that felt like it was, it was dope because every time you look, it was like, yeah, you can tell, like, this is the place to be. And you had the holiday right. show. And it was like, that's why I said it was must-see TV. And that's why, you know, I, that shirt you have on, you already know, <laughs> I purchased a few of them. Yes, you did. And I have some more for you. I just haven't been able to see. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes. You know, and and it was just, it was must-see TV and all of our friends. So a lot of my my buddies, my boys, when they saw uh, that I had it and and saw um, the picture, I guess, on on your your page, they all caught one. It was like, yo, man, I remember. And that's, I mean, when you see, you talk about the basement and you talk about anything hip-hop, you know, that's the first person they did you think. I mean, ultimately, that that I, I tell people all the time, I was very proud to have been a part of a show that was pretty much the fabric of hip hop in that time. The memes that come out like, yo, I grew up in the era, if you ain't if you ain't going to booth with well, Rap City, you were really popular. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, like that that to me, I'm ultimately uh I'm ultimately proud and at the same time humbled by the fact that, you know, like I haven't done that show myself for 12, 13 years. It has, I haven't done Rap City since like old year, like 2007. And there's not a day that goes by that someone doesn't say, yo, bring Rap City back, bring the basement back. I mean, this is 13 years. It hasn't been on, I mean, if the resurgence of YouTube is it, like, it's, I, I'm popping on YouTube. <laughs> So uh, it, it's 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 amazing to it's really the most humbling and gratifying experience to know that uh, a show that I was a part of had that much reach that much reach and that much impact and people still like yo bring it back. <laughs> Sounds like when you were a young lad, maybe if I'm doing the math right, your college years, a little bit before college, maybe high school, you were a big Tigger fan. For sure. So, <laughs> you know, I watched BT and, and all of that. So, yeah, for sure. So when did you first find out about Tigger and when did it come from like being a celebrity or someone that you watched on TV to like being your friend? <laughs> oh, it's kind of. <laughs> well, well, hazy. It kinda gets, <laughs> you know, because it's like, uh, let me see. All right. Uh, 95, 98. So, I, I, bro, how long have I, I've known him somewhere down there in the night? Like, I used, okay, I was waiting for him to say it, but he did say it. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what year it was, though. Exactly. Um, he used to DJ, uh, golly, I don't know. So, I, okay, so Rap City was, Rap City, the basement started in 1999, right? Okay. Then I think in 2000, I don't know if I met you at the, at the NSYNC thing or not. But if I didn't meet you at the NSYNC thing, I went to an NSYNC thing. They had this thing. It was a charity weekend. It was called Challenge for the Children. Uh-oh. And I went two years in a row and I was amazed. I was like, I need to I need to have one of these myself. Right. Then I started doing Big Tigger's uh, Celebrity Classic in D.C. What year is that? The first year. Oh, one, maybe? Okay, because I feel like with Antoine Jameson, that's kind of how it happened. Right. He was I think I invited Twan, and Twan was like, yo, you want me to invite Vince? And I was like, yeah. hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to say, that's what I'm saying, like 2000-ish, after like 2000, no, 2001, somewhere, somewhere in there um, is when I met him. Because I remember, every, I mean, it's like it all runs together. Because every time we play the Wizards, at the time when he's working there, right. like, I'll add it, we speak, and, and it kind of evolved from there to... Uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. And I, I think three years in a row, maybe four years, three or four years in a row, I ended up in D.C. Uh, <laughs> you know. Listen, DC. Big Tigger Celebrity Classic is, is the greatest legend that will never Ever. be told. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> to this day, you, you, Tank, 
It's like three or four people always like, yo, you need to do one more T.O. <laughs> like, yo, do no, Believe me, it's more than just them. <laughs> <laughs> but it no, was, it was like, when you talk about having a good time, like it was a good time. Uh, you know, obviously we're friends, so I'll you know, go out there and support them and bring a few of my, my buddies, you know, every year. Right. I go, nah, we going. <laughs> we going. Y'all, all right, we, we've left people. And uh, <laughs> you know, we've left people trying to go there and we left people there, you know, right. just having a good time. Um, and my, it's who's who. Uh, one time you had the celebrity uh, basketball game that was outside. and That was, that was the last one I did. That was the last one. Yes, right. I was at that one because if you remember, me and Kevin Durant was going at it. Yes, you were uh, out there <laughs> on the court. Uh, I do remember that. And Darnell Dockett, who is by far one of the biggest <laughs> human beings around, was guarding me. He was defensive in, you know, and we were cool. And he was guard. He was with the Maryland, and right. uh, he was guarding me, and it was not fun. <laughs> so, other funny story that came out of this, and he will never let it go, is Ashley Larry, aka Donnell Rollins, uh, from the Chappelle Show. Mm-hmm. Literally, KD was coming up the court. You know, KD being KD. Donnell stole the ball from KD at half court. No one knows how this happened. Donnell took two dribbles, pulled up, launched a three. It went in. The Ashley called timeout and took himself out the game. <laughs> it's like on YouTube there's some videos out there still I, I saw a couple of them I mean, we were going at it it was fun man it was good time he told the story the year KD was the MVP he was like he ain't no MVP son I stole the ball from <laughs> good times and you know and it's, ever since then like you know just like I said it's just been mutual respect and obviously coming here in Atlanta seeing Tig and just kind of you know it's funny because I feel like it is just organically happened. Every time I see him, we laugh just because of, you know, just before everything happens, just like, you know, we just remember <laughs> times and it's just always love and respect. And, you know, Andy can tell you, we've been, I've, I've been like, we got to get Tig on. We got to get Tig on just because of the history, obviously my love for music and your reach. And, you know, you've seen the biggest stars from the beginning who are adored and donned at this time, and it's pretty cool. And I thought, I think, you know, for the younger generation who may not know you, or if they know you, who don't even know what you did back in the day, I think yeah. it's, it'd be great to, for them to kind of hear the people who they consider the biggest stars. Like, yeah, you know, you know what he did before that. He used to be in Tone Tig Show in the basement. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's cool. Tigger, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate this. I love the mood lighting that we have going on. I might need some inspo from that, but thank you so oh, much. Oh, <laughs> And thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to drop us five stars, give us a review, let us know what you thought about the episode, and we will talk to you next time. You did.